Welcome to the Husband Material Podcast, where we help Christian men outgrow porn. Why? So you can change your brain, heal your heart, and save your relationship. My name is Drew Boa, and I'm here to show you how. Let's go. Hey, man, thanks for listening to today's interview with Dan Johnson. He is somebody who has experienced freedom from porn that goes far deeper than fighting a battle against yourself. And he has created a really powerful, practical, simple framework for helping you get the same results. It's consistent with what I teach at Husband Material. I think you guys are going to love it. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Husband Material. Today, I am hanging out with Dan Johnson, who is the creator of The Path Plan. He's a pure desire group leader, and he's passionate about helping men get free from porn. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thanks a lot, Drew. Thanks for having me. Why are you so passionate about freedom from porn? Like most people, it just it has to do with my own story and my own experience. I struggled with porn for over 20 years, beginning in my early teens. I brought it into my marriage, caused a lot of hurt to my wife, and just years and years of wanting to be free from porn, but experiencing so much of the constant shame, the guilt, the stolen time, the um, pain, just knowing that I'm not who I should be. And then finally getting to the other side of that and realizing that for me, there was a specific missing piece to my plan that I didn't, didn't know about, I wasn't aware of. And then once I finally got that in place, it's like something clicked. And um, so once that came into place, I'm like, you know, I can't keep this to myself. I need to try to share this with other guys, whether it's three, whether it's 2000, I just need to try to get this message out. So that's kind of why I'm (laughs) talking to you today. Yeah, I remember when you contacted me and I was really curious about this missing piece, especially since you had tried so many different things. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, long story short, on Super Bowl Sunday of 2009, I ended up confessing to my wife that I've been watching unfiltered porn on the on the iPad, and that was a major blow to her. And uh, you know, after after the dust kind of settled, we put filters on the on the iPad. Very quickly after that, I discovered uh, the Pure Desire group, the ministry Pure Desire, and they have weekly groups that meets all over the country. So I've been in a Pure Desire group meeting weekly for pretty much four years straight, which is awesome. Um, The community, kind of learning about the addiction, learning about the brain, that's just been really, really wonderful. Um, I ended up starting to see a CSAT, a certified sexual addiction therapist for this struggle. And that was super great. I think, I mean, for anyone to see a counselor or a therapist is I think some of the best time and money you could ever spend. Um, So I was doing all these things. I had a CSAT, I was meeting with a weekly group. I had accountability, I had community, I had filters. My wife knew about it. Even with all that, whenever I was alone, usually at nighttime, I would still get hit with that intense craving and that urge 
to find some way to scratch the itch. And if you're in that place where you just want, you just need that, that itch scratched, you can find a way to do it. You know, you can find ways. We have so much different media. We have our phones. We have movies. I couldn't resist that urge whenever it arose. And I was like, what else am I supposed to do? You know, like, what else can I do? I'm doing probably more than most guys out there. And I just couldn't couldn't break free from it. You know, I just felt like I wasn't experiencing freedom. So, Dan, what was the missing piece and the key that you had been missing? Mm -hmm. So here it is broken down in, in two or three sentences. When you're trying to stop an unwanted behavior or break a habit that you don't want anymore, the difficulty is not in stopping the behavior. The real difficulty is what to do with the feeling that you're left with when you don't do the behavior. So when I had decided, hey, I'm not going to watch porn, I'm not going to watch, I'm not going to pull up these stimulating images, I can make that commitment and I can do all this work on the back end. But when I'm in that intense moment and I decide and I feel that craving inside of me, I feel that urge and I decide not to give into it, I decide not to do the behavior, the, the urge doesn't care, you know? <laughs> The urge isn't like, all right, Dan, cool. We're not doing it. I'll leave. I won't bother you ever again. The urge is still there it, and trying to help you, I think, you know, in, in my belief, and I think yours too, it's, it's, it's a friend trying to help you feel better in that moment, but it's intense. And so you're left with that intense feeling. That's what you're left to deal with. You're not doing the behavior. The feeling is still there. So how do you deal with the feeling? And what I learned is we already know that there are effective ways to handle a feeling like that, and there are ineffective ways. And for 20 years, I was using ineffective, very kind of common sense ways, but very ineffective ways to try to handle that feeling. I was trying to resist it. I was trying to fight against it. I was trying to push it away. I would try to distract myself. Well, those things we know, they don't help ultimately resolve the feeling. So I gradually, I learned what works with feelings like the urge, like that intense craving, that desire. I learned some things that worked. I sort of packaged it into a four-step plan. I used the, the acronym PATH, P-A-T-H. I need something very practical in that moment. And so I kind of took what I know works, packaged it into four steps. And whenever I felt the urge, I started to do this, this four-step plan. And this may not be the case for everybody, but for me, it was a radical shift. Within a few weeks, I was having these victories that I was just like, I was blown away. I was so excited. Um, it felt like, holy cow, I'm seeing what's possible now. I'm seeing what freedom can actually look like because I knew exactly how to handle the urge. I felt confident about it the next time it happened. 
And I started to see that each time I did it, I got better at it. I started to realize, hey, this is actually a skill. This is something I can learn. The more it's hard at first, it's a bit clunky. But the more I did it, the easier it got, the fewer and farther between the urges became, the less intense gradually they became. And uh, what felt like just uh, an impossible light at the end of the tunnel of, of, you know, I, I wish this freedom were possible. I don't think it is. All of a sudden, within a few weeks of doing this plan, I was living in that light. And it's that was coming up on three years ago. That's awesome. And it's so consistent with what I'm teaching here at Husband Material, yeah. which is that we can actually not just get free from the behavior, we can get free from the battle in the sense that this does not have to be frustrating, exhausting, and seemingly endless fighting against myself. We can befriend these feelings yeah. and have a totally different way of regulating. And I got to say, Drew, I wish that I had come across your material a long time ago because the things that you teach, I... I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. Like I just am in full agreement on it. Um, so again, I wish I had run it, come across your material a lot sooner. That could have probably saved me uh, years of, of pain and anguish. So I really admire you. Just want to say that and what you're doing and the things that you're teaching. You know, you'd think this with how prevalent this struggle is, you'd think that the things that you're teaching are would be just common sense and everyone would know about it. It's just not. And so I'm glad that you're being so consistent and proactive in, in trying to share your message because it's so, so helpful and so needed. So I just admire you for doing that. Thanks, Dan. And I love the way you've packaged this path plan too. Let's break it down. What are the four steps P-A-T-H? Yeah, you bet. So again, I I need something very concrete and practical. So that's what all all four of these steps are very concrete and practical. So, you know, for the guy listening, just imagine yourself, imagine yourself in, in that situation when you typically would watch porn. You know, for a lot of guys, it's like in the morning time. For me and for a lot of guys, it's maybe at night, at the end of the day. Whenever that is, just kind of imagine that for yourself. You kind of have that regular thought, hey, this could be a good time. I could watch porn right now. You have that thought, this triggers that urge. So you have the thought, it triggers that intense feeling inside you. And you know, we all we all know it's like a, a, a sexual adrenaline rush. You know, like you get the butterflies in the stomach a little bit, your breathing becomes maybe a little bit quicker and more shallow, your heart starts maybe beating a little bit. You know, this is the urge and your mind probably starts going a mile a minute as well, going back and forth, whether or not you should. This generates even more intense feelings. It kind of accelerates it. This is the urge that you're feeling and that, that you have to deal with. And this is your cue or your catalyst to initiate the first step of the path plan. So the urge becomes a switch that happens and you go to the first step, which is P, you're pausing. So this is in this first step, all you're doing, you notice the urge, you, you pause, and you just take a deep, intentional breath. That's it. So you're taking just a brief second 
to realize what's happening, to realize what's going on inside of you. You're being flooded with the urge. When you're when you're in the intensity of this moment, there aren't that many things that you can count on yourself to do, right? You're not thinking clearly, kind of that thinking brain, the prefrontal cortex is kind of shutting down. The plan that you had made in the past, hey, I'm never going to watch porn again, that kind of goes out the window. You're starting to be like, ah, did I really mean that when I made that commitment? So when you're in that intense moment, there's not that many things you can count on yourself to do. Pausing and taking a deep intentional breath, it doesn't get much simpler than that. And I think you say this too in in uh, in your BOA steps. I think your first step is breathe as well. I saw that. So you can count on yourself to simply pause, take a deep breath, get some of that energy flowing again back to your thinking brain. Yes. Flood your brain with oxygen. This is a superpower. And I like to think of it as a spiritual power too, because the Holy Spirit is like the breath of God. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. I'll say too, sorry, just one real quick rabbit trail. One of the things that I absolutely love is when you're, you're, you know, you're reading a book, you listen to a podcast, you're watching a YouTube video, completely different sources. And then you come across an idea where they're all saying the same thing. You get the same strategy from like three completely random sources. I love when that happens because there's a very good indicator that there's something powerful there. Just just this morning, one last tangent here. Just this morning, I was doing some pure desire homework. And the author of this curriculum, Dr. Ted Roberts, just this morning, he was talking about that and saying, when you're feeling some intense emotion, you need to take a breath. Just take a deep, intentional breath. So right there, you got Drew, Dan, and Dr. Ted Roberts saying the same thing. You know there's something there. So take, you know, that's a big takeaway there. Um, that's huge. So, yeah. So step one, P, when you feel that intense urge, you pause, take a deep breath. That's it. it takes about three seconds. The second step, the A stands for acknowledge. And so all you're doing in this second step, you're simply naming what you're feeling. Now, this may sound a little bit silly and simplistic, but scientific studies have shown that when you simply label the feeling that you're having, it decreases its intensity. So super simple. So to acknowledge the urge, you're simply going like, this is what I do. You just simply say, hmm. I'm feeling the strong urge to watch porn right now. And I say, hmm, because notice what you're doing here. You're not judging or condemning the feeling. You're not shaming yourself for feeling it. You are an observer. You're noticing. And that's one of the reasons why I say, hmm, at the beginning, because you're positioning yourself in a way where you're just seeing what's happening it's brilliant yeah and you're you're just noticing what's going on and dan you may have heard of him daniel siegel he's an author and a psychologist he's got a phrase that i really like name it to tame it and that's what you're doing here because when you name it you simply name it i'm feeling the strong urge to watch porn right now i'm noticing the feeling of of the of sexual desire right now yeah it helps tame the feeling a little bit. 
And that hmm is so important because it contains curiosity. Exactly. Yep. Another way you might think about it is, hmm, isn't that interesting? Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's exactly right. Curiosity. And, and I know you've talked about this too, even just compassion, you know, it makes sense. Hmm. It makes sense that I'm feeling this right now, you know, given the situation I'm in right now, knowing that, hey, this has helped me feel better in the past. Of course, I feel that urge right now. So first two steps, P, pause, A, acknowledge, feel that urge. You pause, you take a deep breath. A, you acknowledge, hmm, I am feeling the strong urge to watch porn right now. And you can add on. And that makes sense. Or isn't that interesting? Yeah. <laughs> so literally 10 or 15 seconds for these two first two steps. So at this point, you've already got breath in your lungs, curiosity in your mind and compassion in your heart. Boom. So that's exactly right. That's exactly what a, right. What a great start. I can't wait to hear T. So this is exactly right. So this puts you in the best way you can. It puts you in the position for the T step. The T-step, and, and I'll break this down a little bit. This is where the rubber meets the road. So you've you've paused, you've acknowledged, like you said, you got the oxygen flowing, you got the compassionate stance, you got the curiosity going. The desire is still there, the urge is still there. It's most likely it's decreased in intensity a little bit. But the third step is T the timer. So you want to set a timer for 10 minutes. And for these 10 minutes, you're just going to let that urge, let that feeling be there. You're going to give it permission just to be felt, to be there. Now, I'm going to break down a few options, you know, for people listening, what you can actually do. Again, getting very practical. What can you do during this 10 minutes? But the main thing to remember is you're you're setting a defined target you're you're you have a goal now to accomplish it when i first kind of started experimenting with this path plan you know i would pause i would acknowledge the urge but i wouldn't set a timer i would just kind of be like oh okay now what you know i'd feel a little bit aimless i think about it like uh imagine you're trying to bulk up a little bit you're trying to to build some muscle you hire a strength a strength training coach you go to the gym you're ready to go and the coach is like all right drew bench press go might be like okay well i can but i mean how much how much weight am i using am i doing like heavy you know am i doing three sets do i need to pace myself um you we need a defined target we need a goal that we're aiming for so setting a timer for 10 minutes gives you that goal you pause you acknowledge you set a timer and you know hey i'm just going to let that urge be there for 10 minutes i'm not you're not trying to fight it away we know that what you resist persists so again you have that compassionate curious curious stance you're just going to allow it to be there okay so again, getting practical, what are some things that you can actually do? So I'll give you what I always do and what I've done and what's worked for me. And then a second option as well. So when I set that 10 minute timer, what I have always done, and, and this is an option, 
I simply go about my day while I'm allowing that urge to be there. So if it's at nighttime and I'm alone, if I was reading a book, if I was doing a workout, if I was watching a movie, I pause, I acknowledge, I set a timer and I go back to what I was doing. This is what I've always done when since implementing this plan. I go about my day while I'm kind of doing it with the urge. I'm, I'm letting the urge be there. It's kind of along, along for the ride, it's kind of screaming its urge at me all the while, <laughs> but it's not my boss. It's not going to kill me. It's uncomfortable, but I'm just allowing it to be there for 10 minutes. Okay. So option one, just go about your day, do what you were doing before or what you would have done. Ask yourself, what would I have been doing right now if I didn't feel the urge to watch porn and do that? That's worked really, really well for me. The second option, which after I was thinking through it, I was like, I really should have been doing this this whole time. But the second option, come up, ask yourself the question. This is kind of a fun question. What would I like to be doing right now? What do I wish I was doing? If I didn't struggle with porn or in the future when I'm not struggling with porn, what will I be doing with this um, this time? And put the list of, you know, two, three, four, five, just life-giving, amazing, uh, engaging things that you wish you were doing instead. You know, maybe it's maybe it's doing a workout. Maybe you have a health goal. Maybe it's um, you know signing up for that dating website or or asking that girl out. You know, for a date or um, starting a side hustle. You know, that kind of dream project that you've always thought about. Um, reconnecting with with a friend use that 10 minutes this this is kind of amazing if you think about it you can take that 10 minutes when maybe in the past you would have been watching porn you can transform it into something life-giving and engaging and all of a sudden every time you feel the the urge to watch porn hey you got a catalyst to work towards something that's going to be life-giving and going to reward you down the road as time goes on. An example from my life was learning how to play music. Yep, exactly. Watching YouTube videos about playing certain songs on the piano or the guitar. Yep. And that took up a lot of the space that porn and masturbation used to take up. Yep. So use that time and transform it. And just the feeling, and we're going to get into this a little bit, the feeling of taking that time when you would have normally been been engaging in activity that you felt afterwards you felt shame and guilt and that your life is being sucked out of you that's how it felt for me anyways and then all of a sudden you're transforming that into something amazing like learning music or in you know building relationships the the amazing feeling of that i mean there's very few things more exhilarating than that t-step set set a timer for 10 minutes and either go about your day as you normally would, or decide in advance, this is key, decide in advance what one or two things you will do the next time you feel that urge to watch porn during those 10 minutes, okay? Dan, I really like how this 10-minute timer is so bite-sized. Yeah. It feels more doable. It's doable. You're not setting a timer for two and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not setting a timer for a week. So bite size, like you said, because you want to get those small wins. 
this is exactly what the H step is going to get into. Um, you're going to, you want to get those small wins starting to accumulate those because that's fuel. That is jet fuel for your journey. You've paused, you've taken a deep breath, you've acknowledged and named the urge. You set a timer for 10 minutes on your phone, your computer, kitchen timer, wherever, decide in advance where you're going to set it. Then the timer goes off. The 10 minute timer goes off. So what do you do at this point? Well, you have got to celebrate. Do not miss this opportunity to, to give yourself a massive high five. That's what the H stands for. High five yourself. Okay, here comes a high five. Boom. You got to high five yourself. So this is really important because you got to realize what you've done. You know, you've you've taken a serious, massive step towards, again, that amazing, exhilarating, fresh air of freedom. You didn't give in to, to the urge. You allowed it. You kind of turned towards it. You let it be there. And you went 10 minutes without giving into it. There's few things worth celebrating uh, that, that I can think of more than this. You know, It's time to party. Yes, you've got to party. <laughs> and so what I do, what I recommend, you've got to record this somewhere. You've got to make this something that you can go and see and remember this massive victory that you have. So what I say is you got to record it somewhere. High five yourself by saying, I'm going to make sure that I make a record of this win that I had that I can remember and look at for the rest of my life. And so a couple ways that you can do it, you can write it in a journal. You can, uh, th this is what I did. And I, I got this idea from uh, the Life Coach School podcast, Brooke Castillo. Got to give her credit for this. Get a clear jar and put in a, a marble or a small pebble, okay? And put it somewhere where you can see it. Put it in your bathroom, your kitchen counter, your dresser, your nightstand. Put it where you work, you know, your, your work computer, wherever that is, so that you can see it multiple times a day and remember that exciting feeling, that that victory. Every time you think about that, meditate on it, remember it, relive it. Every time you do that, you get a little shot of that good feeling. Are you saying that we get a little hit of dopamine? Bingo. Tell me more about that. Yeah, so you can get uh, a shot of dopamine watching porn, right? But then the after effect of that is massive, 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 just really, really terrible negative feelings right? For that one hit of dopamine. Or you can allow that urge to be there. You can go through the, the four steps. And instead, you get a shot of dopamine every time you look at that marble or that pebble. And it's associated with something that you can be proud about and celebrate and feel a sense of triumph and, and encouragement to keep going. You know, so you can get this two different two different shots of dopamine that you can choose there. This is probably a common phrase, but I say pick your pain. You know, you can you can have the shot of dopamine and then have massive massive long-term pain after that if you watch porn or you can have the discomfort or pain of that 10 minutes but then that shot of dopamine afterwards is just like boom, we did it. You got to celebrate. So High five yourself, record it somewhere. I recommend a clear jar with like a marble or a pebble. Every time, look at it multiple times a day. 
and remind yourself of that huge step that you that you took. Yeah, and you might even want to celebrate in the husband material community. Boom. Put a little post up there saying, I just did 10 minutes. Do it. Or a picture of your journal or your clear jar. Yeah. And let's celebrate together. Yep. Exactly. Celebrate with people. If you have people in your life, whether it's the husband material community, some other guys that know about what you're going through, like you said, send them a picture of the jar or the or the journal entry. Celebrate with other people. These are the four steps. And the thing that that I found is again, it's it really is learning a new skill. It's learning an instrument. It's picking up a new sport. You feel a little bit clunky with it at first. It feels a bit clunky. You kind of question how you're doing it. I'm not sure. Is this, am I doing this right? Is this, does this even work? Just like any new skill, picking up the the guitar, it's going to feel clunky. Um, But you, if you keep at it, you know, don't celebrate perfection, celebrate progress. You keep at it. I I can pretty much promise you and guarantee you it, it, it will be inevitable that you will start getting traction and start getting some of that freedom that you're longing for if you just don't give up, just like learning any new skill. And it doesn't have to be the only skill that you ever use. It can be part of a tool belt that includes many of the insights you may have gained in your healing journey, like community with others and understanding your story Mm -hmm. and growing in other ways. I really like how simple it is and also how powerful it is. So P-A-T-H, pause, acknowledge. Timer. 10 minute timer. (laughs) You got it. And high five. You got it. Yeah. And you're exactly right, Drew. I mean, there is no one magic bullet to this struggle. There's many aspects of pursuing freedom. Like you said, not just with the porn struggle, but it's so beneficial to dive into your story, to dive into your inner child, to have community, regular community where you feel safe and you can you can talk about things that you that you don't normally talk about, you know, um, having filters set up, having accountability. There is no one silver bullet or magic bullet. Um, this is a piece. This is mm-hmm. a tool in your tool belt for the front line. For the front line of the struggle. That's what I was missing. I needed something to do when I felt that urge. I was doing all the work on the back end. I needed something for the front line. And I hear a lot of guys saying that they are doing so much work and they have this one sticking point of self-control. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about self-control? You bet. This was just a discovery that I made as I was doing, as I was implementing this plan. One day, I think I was I was just realizing, you know, with this new strategy of turn turning towards it, pausing, acknowledge, allowing it to be there, and high fiving myself, self control was not part of this picture. It it wasn't something that I was having to even think about. What is self control, right? When you think about self control, you think about kind of. And, you know, people might have different different definitions, but I always think of it as kind of white knuckling it, gritting your teeth, kind of resisting, you know, fighting against something. You're going to win the fight or you're going to lose a fight. 
But ultimately, what I realized is what are you fighting against on this front line? You're fighting against a feeling. You're fighting an urge. And what I found really interesting when you look at, you know, you, you look, you read different books on um, emotions and handling emotions and things like that. People will, psychologists will list core emotions. What are the core emotions? Everyone knows anger, sadness, fear. I think about the movie Inside Out. Have you seen that movie? You know, yes. Up there. <laughs> Love that movie. Um, you know, it's also a core emotion alongside of that. You'll see sexual desire, you know? So sexual desire is emo- an emotion inside of you. So self-control, I think about fighting against, fighting against. But if ultimately in that moment of temptation, it's a feeling that I'm trying to fight against, we know that fighting against an emotion, it's not an effective strategy. You know, like imagine you have a good friend who's feeling really down, you know, he's feeling really sad about something. We wouldn't go to our friend and say, yeah, man, I, I know, I know you're feeling really down and sad, but dude, you just got to you got to fight against those sad feelings. You know, you got to push those away. Try to resist those sad feelings, man. You know, we know intuitively that that doesn't work. I mean, like, have you ever tried to do that with anxiety? Like I struggled with anxiety big time, maybe um, five, six years ago, every morning, just debilitating anxiety. And I would try to fight it. I would try to push it away. Uh, You know, can you have self-control against anxiety? It just doesn't work. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why I struggled for so long is because I did focus on self-control. I did try to resist ultimately what is just a feeling. It's it's a it's a vibration. It's sensations I'm having in my body. And we know, again, what you resist persists. And so instead of self-control, what I found, what I was using was self-awareness. Self-awareness was the replacement for self-control. And when I made that shift, again, it was a game changer. It was a game-changing skill. Why do you say that it's a skill? And again, I never would have thought about this in advance. It's simply something I discovered through my own experience. So again, I discovered these principles and you know how to process this urge, you know, going through these steps. It was hard at first. Those first few times I had to do the path plan three or four times in a row. But by the time I had notched two, three, four, five wins, I noticed it was becoming easier. And I was like, wow, this feels like this feels like learning a new skill. The more I do it, the more I practice, the easier it becomes, the more natural it feels, the less effort it requires. And I noticed also that the urges don't just stop. They don't just go away. I used to think freedom maybe was never feeling the desire to watch porn. And I don't know how it's been for your experience, but I guess I've started to realize as a functioning human male, sexual desire is a normal part of me, you know? And so I found that freedom for me, again, living in freedom now for about three years, what I consider real freedom, it's not that the urges don't come back. It's that I've learned the skill and again, doing all the work on the back end as well. Super, super essential. 
But on the front line, when I feel that urge, I've developed the skill to know how to effectively process it, how to resolve it. And you also mentioned that those moments of temptation can become catalysts or stepping stones. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. So when I got this plan in place, I got the four steps of the path plan. I know exactly what I'm going to do the next time I feel that urge. I might feel the urge in five minutes, in a week, whenever it is, I was ready to handle that urge. I knew exactly what to do. And so if you're learning a new skill, if this is a skill, the only way that you get better at it is by practicing it, right? The only way to practice processing an, you know, that urge is you got to feel it first. And so um, I started to realize, I, almost, I didn't start to look forward to the urges. I don't think I ever got that crazy with it. But uh, I started to feel like, okay, when that urge comes, this is a practice session. I got the plan. I know exactly what to do. It's a skill that I'm building. The urge, which which once was an opponent, it all of a sudden became an opportunity because every time that urge came, I was able to practice the path plan. It got me a step closer to real lasting freedom, got me better at this skill. And that's why I started to see it as it's an opportunity. It's a stepping stone towards my destination. I need this urge almost as, as a way of practicing. It just completely switched my perspective on it. So good. Because I know what it feels like to dread the next time that feeling will come up. Yeah, you don't want to fail again. You don't want to feel like a failure. Here it is. I don't know what to do. I can't resist it. Going to fail again. No one wants to experience that. So it's it's a pretty wonderful, amazing thing that anyone can do this. And it changes your perspective. You start to feel confident about it. And you see it as an opportunity. At the same time, this is not easy. Dan, as you were learning this skill, what were some of the common mistakes that you found yourself making? There were yeah, a few things that I'll point out that, that I was doing that I noticed, hey, maybe th- these are very natural and normal, but they weren't really helping me. So just a few things. The first one, uh, keeping track of my streaks. How long can I go in between you know, relapses or giving in or whatever you want to call it? So, you know, just very, just very naturally, I didn't even think that much about it. I would say, okay, I went, <laughs> I went four days, you know, without, without watching porn or, or I went, uh, I went a week, I went a week and a half. Whoa. And then, but I noticed that the longer that I went in between streaks, you know, what tends to happen, you start to feel a little bit of that pressure, like, you know, you know two weeks, three weeks, you know, for some guys, I'm on month two. I have never gone two months, you know, and then the pressure starts to build and you get even more terrified of the next time you're going to feel that, feel that urge. Right. I'm sure a lot of guys have had this experience. You kind of have a relapse after a long streak and you're like, well, now I got to start all over. I might as well give in multiple times before I start this streak over. So instead of tracking my streaks, now I track my wins by high-fiving myself. That's the H step. I track my wins, not my streaks. Note the progress, not the failures, right? It's a subtle shift, yet a really important one. Because instead of 
a fear-based measurement, which, as you said, increases stress and performance anxiety and shame-based performance. It's based on love. It's based on joy. It's a celebration. And that's fueling a very different pathway in our brains. Very much so. Yep. You're exactly right. So that's that's the first thing that that I sort of noticed looking back on my journey. I wish that I would have started tracking my wins sooner and not my streaks. It feels important to say that it's not bad to celebrate one month without porn or one year without porn. What we're saying is do it from a posture of appreciation rather than performance. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and I just said it, Hey, I've gone, it's been about three years now that I've been, you know, so I, I have a, a timeline in my, in my mind. I'm super excited about that. It feels amazing. But like you said, it's, you know, celebrate the progress, the wins rather than giving yourself pressure of performance. Right. Don't go back to purity culture. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and one other thing that I'll say too, uh, I think I mentioned this a little bit earlier. I used to think about the urge and the struggle with porn as a, an enemy. I used to think about it as a foe. Um, the shift that really helped, and it goes back to curiosity and compassion. I see it now as a friend inside of me trying to help. Now, I absolutely love your interview with um, Jenna Remersma. Did I say that right? So I think you've spoken to her a few times, but uh, the interview at the end of 2021, I think. And then her her book, All Together You, has had uh, a huge impact. Probably it's, it's probably one of the top three or five books that I've ever read that has had a, the biggest impact on me. And, you know, she talks about that too, like how th we have those parts in us. And so I think about the sexual desire. I think about her book and I think about the movie Inside Out. When I'm feeling that urge to watch porn, I think about that little uh, part of me inside inside of me, and it's trying to grab the controls. It sees me, and it's like, hey, let's. I want to help Dan out right now, and he's a bit narrow-minded. He thinks that in every situation, the thing that's going to help the most is for me to go watch porn. He has my best interest in his heart. He is trying to take the controls and say, Dan, you know. I want you to feel better. We want you to feel better. You know, go watch porn. He's misguided. He's narrow-minded, but he is trying to help me. So I went from seeing it as a foe to seeing it as a friend. And that is one of the biggest shifts that I think anyone can ever make. You know, every one of the, every, every feeling that we have inside of us, anger, sadness, it's ultimately something that's trying to help us. And when we can see them, when we can acknowledge them and affirm what they're trying to do, but hey, we're going to be okay. You know, we're going to be okay. Uh, that's just a huge thing that I wish I would have done years and years ago, making that shift from foe to friend. I love that. Highlights something that we can do during the path plan, when we get to the third step and we have those 10 minutes, sometimes spending those 10 minutes with this friend 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. listening, loving, and leading can really help. Absolutely. Yep. And one thing I want to say too, Drew, is, you know, just for your audience as well, if, if they're not aware, I love your strategy that you offer for the front line of the struggle, the BOA strategy. And the concepts of that are so, they're almost mirror image of the path plan. And I just, you know, saw your, your BOA strategy not that long ago, but the strategies that are in that plan are, again, so similar and they're just the strategies and the concepts that you use are so, so game changing. So I just want to make sure that your audience is aware of that as well, the BOA strategy that you have. Thanks. And to summarize that, it's B for breathe, O for observe, both observing your five senses and observing emotions inside. And then A is actually two A's, attune and attach. Attune means checking in with yourself, specifically your inner child and saying, what do you need right now? And attach means connecting with God, with another person and with that inner child really could even be connecting with nature. It could be connecting with your purpose, connecting rather than disconnecting. Yeah. That plan is so awesome. So this is so cool. I love the way that you've organized this information and If you guys want to get a download of this on a PDF, I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. Dan has created a really helpful summary of the path plan. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. It's at newpaths.me forward slash plan. It's free. All this, you know, everything is free. So yeah, check it out. Get it ready to go. Dan, what is your favorite thing about freedom from porn? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think definitely one of the top things is that feeling that I had for so long of the constant kind of shame and guilt that that I had throughout that whole time. You know, I would I might have you know just a really good day, you know, during that time that I was struggling with porn. You know, great time with friends or family, you know. Just a really really great day. And then that thought would come into my mind, oh, but you struggle with porn, you know, oh, you're hiding this thing from others, you're hurting yourself, you're hurting your future wife, this is affecting your future kids in ways that you can't even understand. It was just a constant, just really terrible feeling that I felt for so long that I just carried with me. And being on the other side of that, it's replaced with just a feeling of, you know, just confidence and kind of triumph that knowing that with God's help, I'm living in freedom now. And there's just so many (laughs) just better feelings that I carry around with me now. And so I'd I'd say that's probably the top thing. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Drew. Dan also has a podcast where you can listen to many of his other teachings. Thanks so much for being with us. And gentlemen, always remember, you are God's beloved son, and you, he is well pleased.